Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Welcome to episode 38 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt McChesney, as always, rocking the house here from 6-0 Studios to 6-0 Strength and Fitness. Check out 6-0 Strength at 6-0Strength.com and also on Twitter and Instagram at 6-0 Academy. Um, all right, as always, uh, our good friends at 10th and Uni brings us episode 38. Um, they're our title sponsor for football season and uh, we're happy to have them. Uh, my man Morgan sent me a sick-ass box of gear, man. I'm telling you, the T-shirts are super clean. The hats, I'm rocking one right now. The hats are next level. I mean, they're old school. They're snapbacks. They're deep. So dudes with huge craniums like myself are going to love them. My boy Sean Tuff's going to love it. He's got a five head. Uh, he doesn't have dreams. He has movies. Um, so check it out at 10thandunity.com. Use the promo code GOBUFFS and you'll get a discount. Uh, but they're awesome, and they're our title sponsor all fall. So make sure that you are uh, are, are supporting the show, and then also supporting Tenth and Uni and the Colorado Buffaloes. All right, so moving forward, hope everybody had a good break and good July Fourth. Um, you know, the, I always love the beginning of July. It's a great time of the year. Uh, we're about the middle of the month right now, and, and you know, you move into the hot part of the summer and whatnot. Um, the home run derby and the all-star break, it comes to a close. They start playing again this weekend. Um, I thought the home run derby was incredible because I could give a shit if the ball's juiced. I mean, let's just be real here. I don't give a flying fuck if the ball is juiced. I don't care if every one of those players out there is on steroids. The game is super, super boring. It's super slow. And I respect good pitching in the playoffs and, like, the artistic part of the game. I get it. I respect it. I, it's cool. I'm not saying it's not cool, but a lot of the greatest pitchers ever were all juiced up too, i.e. Roger Clemens. So, <laughs> look, man, I liked watching McGuire and Sosa smash the ball into the heavens years ago when I was a kid. It saved baseball after the strike. You can't tell me it didn't. I liked watching Barry Bonds. I, you know... I, uh, if the ball's juiced, it's always something. It's like if there's any excitement in baseball, everybody gets all pissed off that's actually playing. And they're like, no, we need to keep this shit super fucking boring. And we need to make sure that no one's having any fun. And we need to make sure that there's no home runs. And if there are home runs, it's not because I suck as a pitcher. It's because the ball's juiced. Do I think they should use juiced up balls for the home run derby? Yeah, absolutely. They're trying to get ratings, aren't they? The one... 
fucking home run derby, they don't use Chris Berman. Back, 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 back. And this is what happens. And they have a, a zillion home runs. I thought it was awesome for TV. I thought it was a kick-ass, you know, a really good atmosphere and, and a, a great way to drive ratings and get people excited about the home run derby. I didn't watch the All-Star game. I could give a shit. It's the All-Star games. It's, you know, woohoo. Um, but the home run derby was tight. But still, it, complaining about juice baseballs is... I don't know, man. I, I would rather go to Coors and see a 12 to 9 game with six home runs and some lead changes than a two to nothing game with 10 strikeouts. I'm sorry. Even if the Rockies won both. I you know, I'd rather go to the game that they lose and, and it's 12 to 9 than they win 2 to 0. First, because I could give a shit, but second, because the other game's really exciting. You know, it's just, I, I I took my kids to a game. We've been to two games. One of them was a low scoring and one of them was high. And the one that was high scoring, they loved. The one that was low scoring, they were trying to leave by the fifth inning. And that's just fact. So I understand they're kids, but a lot of adults have attention spans like fucking children too. So that's probably one of the reasons why it's a, you know, it's, it's a purest sport. And a lot of people love it. I'm not saying baseball is bad in any means. I'm saying that if the baseballs are juiced, then, I don't know, change your strategy. They're saying they're not juiced, so fuck. If Rob Manford's going to come out and say, the, the baseballs aren't juiced, we promise, then you got to believe him. Just like Mark McGuire and all those other guys that testified before Congress and said that they weren't on steroids. Who gives a shit? All right, moving forward. Uh... Baseball, wow. All right, the National Basketball Association, the NBA. Um, I didn't really think this was a thing when I heard about it to start, but the word owner is no longer being used um, because of the negative connotation. But the guys still own the basketball teams. This is so fucking soft, it makes me want to throw up. <laughs> I mean, good Lord, man, the politically correct people are just, they're definitely winning. But I don't think there's as many of them out there as people think there are. Like, I I know a lot of folks, I talk to a lot of people every day, and uh, I don't know very many of them that are this politically correct. This is pretty ridiculous. I mean, we can't call somebody that owns a basketball team the owner anymore. What are they, the facilitator of dreams? <laughs> Come on, dude. It's... <laughs> We understand what, you know, the negative connotation with the word owner, but they don't own you. They're, they don't, the, the Nuggets don't own Nicole Jokic. They own his rights as a player. So is this going to trickle down to the National Football League? Is this going to trickle down to base? It's not going to trickle down to baseball. They could give a shit. Is it going to trickle down to the NFL? Are they going to start demanding that no one uses the term owner anymore? I mean, are we really this soft? Good Lord, a bunch of marshmallows out in this bitch, man. Couldn't be any softer. Soft as baby shit, as they say. Uh, baby shit. That grainy baby shit. Any of you parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. Gets under your fingernails, disgusting. Um, after I got over laughing at this, the West is loaded, man. I like Kyrie going to the Clippers. He's a Southern California kid. I knew he'd go home. He did. Paul George demands his way out of OKC. Russell Westbrook is next. 
you know, LeBron gets Cousins and Anthony Davis, and I think that's a nice little lineup for him, two twin towers, and he demands the basketball a lot, so those two are going to be on offensive rebound duty, and they're both good offensive rebounders, so I think that's a great mix. And Cousins has a loss to prove, so I think that it may end up being better for LeBron that he have, has two twin towers down there rather than another guy that demands the ball like Kyrie or, or, or Kawhi, excuse me. Um, I want to see the Clipper-Laker rivalry now, I'm not going to lie. But I also think that the Nuggets and the Jazz are the two sleepers in the West that are going to turn the most heads. Golden State's going to fall off. Portland's not going to be as good as they were. They lost some. They lost some pieces, but at the same, their backcourt's in, intact. But I just don't see them. They didn't improve like everyone else did. The Nuggets got better with the the first round trade for the power forward. I can't remember the kid's name, but he. I watched a couple highlights on him. He's a stud. He's only going to help. He'll push Millsap for minutes and, and make sure that Paul's making good decisions. Jokic could be the MVP next year. I love the max deal for uh, for Murray. I think that's smart to lock him up. We'll see if he can earn it. And then I just think the Nuggets and the Jazz are just going to wallow in the back and not get all the shine, but they're going to be really hard outs. The Jazz are going to be really good, really good. And the Lakers are going to be good until they have to put in their bench. We'll see how all those pieces, all those names flow together. They went out and got a bunch of guys, but, I mean, shit, man. We've seen JaVale McGee play. Give me a fucking break. JaVale McGee can't hold a team. JaVale McGee can barely hold his own jockstrap. JaVale McGee... JaVel McGee is the kind of guy who probably has like a, a room for his cats in his mansion. Then just think about that. So I, I think that the West is going to be an absolute dogfight and the East is going to be wide ass open. And now it's the, you know, where does uh, Owen Depot go? Where, where does Giannis go? Does he stay in Milwaukee? Does he go to Chicago? So on and so forth. When Durant gets healthy... Are the Nets going to be in a position to make a run when he does, when he comes back for the playoffs, which he probably will? Um, the Knicks continue to wallow. The, the Bulls continue to wallow. Nobody wants to go to those markets anymore. But Kyrie and, and Durant went to Brooklyn, so they're just maybe they just don't like James Dolan or they don't like the way the Knicks are ran, and I don't blame them. That is a goddamn cartoon. They should be doing contracts in crayon. So at Madison Square Garden, it's terrible. And, you know, Brooklyn built a new building, and they're committed to winning, and they got a good core, and D'Angelo Russell set the table for them. And then he goes to Golden State, and they bring in Kyrie and Durant, and I think that they have a real chance. So I'm very interested to see where it goes. We'll see. I like the Nuggets' chances. I think they're going to be a really, really good basketball team next year and fighting for that one seat again. And, you know, the goal will be to win that Game 7 when we get home court advantage. We can't be losing to Portland. We should have been in the Western Conference Finals. All right, moving forward. A little college football talk, all right? Um, I saw this the other day. It's the AP rankings of the top 30 programs ever, and they have the buffs at 30. Um, and I, I bet you that if they would have done this when I, my senior year of college, we would probably been in the top 25, I'd have to guess. We had kind of a 10-year lull where we had some, some pretty shitty seasons. Uh, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame are in the top five. USC, Nebraska, Texas, Tennessee, Penn State round out the top 10. I'd bet Nebraska would be in the top five if they wouldn't have their lull in the last couple of seasons either. Uh, CU comes in at 30 behind Stanford, TCU, Pitt, and Iowa. They're the 26 through 30. And then 20 through 25 is Clemson, AM, Washington, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, and Tech. 
I mean, look, man, I think that Colorado's a better program than Stanford, TCU, Pitt, Iowa Tech, Ole Miss, Wisconsin, A&M, and Washington. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I played there. So the national respect has dropped a little bit, but it's it's still there, It's and it's coming back. Um, CU Sports Nation, my, na- my man Justin Guerrero today, put out a, a great write-up. Go check that out at CU Sports Nation. Part two will be up tomorrow morning, so check that out. I posted on my Twitter also at Six Zero Academy. But I think the Buffs have a real opportunity to get back into the swing of things and really turn some heads next year, man. The first three games of the season are going to be absolute dogfights. CSU, if there if there's ever a time when CSU is going to catch CU sleeping on them, it's this year. CU has a ton of seniors. They're all everyone is looking forward, including myself, to the Nebraska game week two in Folsom. They just want to go get rid of CSU and mop them up and get a tune up and move forward. CSU, this is the kind of game they thrive on, man. Yeah, I lost to CSU twice when I was in college, and both of them were huge upsets. When we were I was a freshman, they beat us uh, 20, what was it, 28-24 in Old Mile High the last year that we played there. And then my junior year, when I was medical redshirted and on crutches, they ended up winning, you know, in 100-degree heat um, with the when Van Pelt spiked the ball off Snead's face. 19-14, to 14, I think that game won. And we were ranked like fifth or something. So they caught us sleep in those days. And I think CSU's got some talent up there, and I know they got, they're got they motivated to win, and I know Bobo's motivated to get a W over CU. It's been a while. So the way to spark interest in this game again and to wake CU fans up to playing this game every year is to make it worth CU fans' while and beat them. And I don't see it happening. I hope it doesn't, but that's the way you jar interest. Um, we'll have Joel Dreesen, CSU great uh and former teammate of mine with the New York Jets, a 10-year vet in the NFL. He's going to be on our next episode, episode 39 of McChesney Unchained, here on the BSN Denver Podcast Network next week. So keep your ear to the ground for that one. We'll talk CU-CSU and start getting ready for the college football season. Uh, but CSU, and then you get Nebraska in, in Folsom, lock the gate on them, and let's go. That's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait for that game week and that show. And then Air Force in Folsom is a very unique game where – We'll see if we can play the run and just how tough and hard-nosed this football team really is. So I'm looking forward to the, fo- the, the college football season starting for the simple fact that it's boring as shit right now and I just can't watch baseball anymore. It's driving me up a wall. Let's hop into the NFL now. And always the NFL banter on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. As always, is brought to you by our good friends at NeuroXPF.com. Uh, it is an unbelievably good CBD-based recovery product. It helps me a ton. I take the MCT CBD uh, extended oil pills every day. Uh, they're incredible. Uh, from the 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 neuro vape that you can put in your drink to the MCT oil droplets that you can put in your protein for your post-workout. It's truly a rev revolutionary substance that's helped me a ton uh and that's why we sell it at, at six zero and that's why uh it's on the show here on mcchesney unchained and my man kyle turley uh is the proprietor there he's the owner of the company and uh they're doing they're doing big business and they should be so check it out neuroxpf.com promo code six zero fifteen, and it'll give you a nice discount all right so moving forward here so looking at 
the National Football League moving into 2019, okay? Before uh, we get into some other topics I want to talk about. 18 games has been proposed, all right? Before the CBA is going to pop off here for another 10-year stretch, hopefully there's no walkout or walkout or whatever you want to call it. Hopefully there's no work stoppage. But if there needs to be one in order to get what the players deserve, and that's what I, I don't really say deserve a lot, but damn it, we deserve it now to get some of these things, um, then they've got to stop. They've got to walk out. They need to strike if certain things aren't going to happen. So if they're going to say they want to play 18 games, okay, so they cut two preseason games, who gives a shit, and then they want to play 18 in the regular season, but they put a stipulation in saying everybody but the quarterback plays 16. So quarterback, kicker, punter, those guys play 18. Everybody else only plays 16. Do you get paid for 18? If we get paid for 18, then yeah, maybe I'll take it under advisement. But you can't tell me that you're worried about my health and, you know, the game and everything else is going on. And then also say that we want to play two more football games. So it, if that happens, I mean, number one, I think there should be lifetime health care anyway. The fact that there's not is atrocious. That needs to happen. I doubt it will in the CBA, but it needs to. Uh, they need to stop testing for marijuana. I hope that that happens and, and guys are able to use it as the medicine that it is. Um, there's some other things that need to change, but those are two of the biggest. Uh, if they're going to pay guys for 18 weeks, then I'm sure guys will get a bo on board. If they're going to say we're only going to pay you for 16, but we're going to add two weeks, guys are not going to go for that shit, guaranteed. Uh, guys don't like being at the facility in the offseason anyway, so the less time they can spend there is probably going to be a, a huge part of it as well. If if the owners are going to say we want this, the players are going to say, okay, you got to give us that. And that's going to be one of the things they demand. They do not want to be at the facility in the offseason. And honestly, they don't need to be, man. There's only so much you can do. You can't put pads on anyway. They've restricted contact. So we're just going to go through, what, extended walkthroughs for nine hours a day. Everybody knows how to run power. If you don't, you're fucked. So... <sighs> 18 games, I don't want it to happen, personally. I love football, but you're not getting more. You're just getting the potential of more injury in the regular season, number one. And then number two, a lot of irrelevant games at the end of the year. So essentially, they're just moving the two preseason games to the end of the year for 70% of the NFL. The other 30% is fighting for playoff spots, but there's a lot of bad football teams at the end of the year that aren't playing for shit. So, you know, I don't know if it's, if we extend the playoff, if we, I don't know. I don't think adding two more games at the end of the year is really going to do that much, to be honest with you. It's perfect the way it is. Stop tinkering with it. Fix the things that actually need to be fixed. We don't need two more games. We need lifetime health coverage. We don't need two more games. You need to stop testing for marijuana. You don't need two more games. You need to actually, you know, say this. Uh, CTE is real and football causes head trauma and we're doing everything to try and help fix the problem. You know, that, that's what needs to happen. The NFL needs to be the tip of the spear, not, you know, the ass in the rear. And that's fucking real. I mean, I'm tired of this. Like, they're so naive and they play stupid and... I'm just tired of it. So hopefully they drop the hammer on them. But knowing the NFL union, they'll probably just take the first offer. Be like, oh, yeah, thank you for offering something, Mr. Goodell. And then they'll just take it and run and be like, oh, we got such a good deal when it's really just horse shit. But that's just me. 
So, yeah, 18 games, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> all right, so earlier in the week, Gil Brandt on Twitter put out uh, his top 10 teams of the decade, okay, according to NFL.com. Um, number one, 2013 Seahawks. Two, 15 Panthers. The 2015 Panthers, 15 and one. All right. Actually, they were 17 and two, and they lost in the fucking Super Bowl. And they're second. So just understand that when I throw that in there, okay? The 17 Eagles, the 16 Patriots are fourth. The 13 Broncos are fifth. So the team that lost in the Super Bowl to the Seahawks was first. The 15 Cardinals. So there's another team from 15, not the Super Bowl champions. The 15 Cardinals. They're saying they're better than the Broncos. The 2012 Niners, the 2011 Packers, the 18 Chiefs, and the 17 Jaguars rounds out the top 10. The 2015 Denver Broncos, a team that won the Super Bowl, isn't on the list. But the 2015 Panthers and the 2015 Cardinals are? Are you smoking fucking crack over there? What are you, out of your fucking mind? Are you nuts? This list is horseshit, but we have to talk about it. You're putting two teams... They played in the NFC title game. Arizona got shit on in that game. And then Denver totally beat the hell out of Carolina. Just beat them to death physically in that Super Bowl. And I know Denver's offense wasn't anything to, to you know, jump up and down about. But that defense was elite. And that if you're going to say that the, C, the Seahawks in 2013 and that defense is number one, the 2015 Broncos don't even make the list? That's just straight disrespect right there. That is super disrespectful because this team in 2015 I thought was, if you're going to rank all-time defenses, they're in my top five for sure. They're in the top three. I'd say the 2000 Ravens, they're the 215 Broncos are two, the 13 Seahawks are three, the 85 Bears are four, and then probably one of the Steel Curtain Steeler teams are probably five. Doomsday defense in Dallas, you might be able to throw them in there. They were really good for a long time. Purple People Eaters, fearsome foursome in L.A. with the Rams. You know, there's great defensive units everywhere. The You know, the, a lot of great Eagle teams had great defenses uh, uh, under Buddy Ryan. But the, it just, the, the way that the Broncos sustained greatness that whole season on defense and just dominated people door to door. First game of the season to the Super Bowl. Who they beat in the AFC playoffs alone to get there. And then beating the NFL MVP in the Super Bowl. And you have the Panthers, number two. A team they dismantled at, as the second best team. The second best fucking team of the decade. Craziness. I challenge thee. You are out of your fucking mind. No way I'm going for this. This is crap. So, yeah, tell me how you feel. You can always, you know, interact at BSN Unchained on Twitter or at 60 Academy. You can throw it in there as well, and we'll get back to you. I just, what are they thinking when they rank some of this shit? You know what I'm saying? I mean, good God almighty, man. The Broncos don't even make the list. The Jacksonville Jaguars from two years ago, the team that choked away an, uh, a berth in the Super Bowl, in Foxborough, just sat there and choked the entire second half on a huge piece of Tom Brady steak. And they make the fucking list at 10. You can't even put the Broncos at 10th. It's just state, what, their honorable mention? Honorable mention Super Bowl champs? But we got three or four teams on this list that didn't even win the Super Bowl? High off your ass. 
I don't know. Maybe they got some good shit wherever this dude's at. NFL.com. God knows where they are stationed, but San Francisco or something. I don't know. Who gives a shit? But I'm telling you, that that's just absolutely it's insane. I don't understand it. So, yeah, I guess that's neither here nor there. Okay, so moving into, you know, the pre-preseason hype here. This is a, a rough time of year for, for radio because there's not a lot of original content. You know, you're right before the season. All you can do is speculate, so on and so forth. All that said, I think that there's a high probability of a turnaround. I do. I don't see this team struggling for three straight years. I think that 10 and 6 is a very feasible record. Even though the the schedule is daunting, it's daunting on paper. We don't know who's going to be good and who's not. There's a lot of turnover in the NFL, as there is every year, but there was a lot last year. And I think the Broncos have the right guy with the head coach of Fangio. I think they got rid of some guys that just weren't ready for their opportunity, and, and Vance was one of them. Now, Flacco, having a, a, a Super Bowl MVP like Joe Flacco that's played so well with a good running game, play action, tight end play, and a solid defense, who's played so well with just that formula, and a, a head coach that is not going to take a ton of chances and is going to do the right thing, Harbaugh's extremely conservative, I have, I'd imagine that Vic Fangio is going to be pretty damn conservative my, if I had to guess. I think that that is a, a huge opportunity to just prove everyone wrong. And spite is a funny thing. I, I wouldn't doubt if Kansas City steps back. I, they're just not going to be as dominant as they were. They got lucky last year a couple of times. You can only do so many no-look passes before you get caught up. The Chargers, Melvin Gordon wants a new contract. He's going to hold out. He's not going to go to camp. He's demanding a trade. First of all, Melvin Gordon, you're not Le'Veon Bell. You're not as good as you think you are, dog. You went for 885 last year, and you were hurt. At one point in the playoffs, I think you were wearing double Don Joy knee braces for a running back. It was not a good look. Um, you look like somebody fucked up on creative player on Madden for real. So I, I just don't see how Melvin Gordon thinks he has the clout to demand this trade. And if I'm the Chargers, what are you going to get for him, a sixth? No one's going to give you anything for Melvin Gordon. He's a good player, but he's far from elite. Yeah, he's good in that system, but do you think you can keep him healthy? He doesn't stay healthy for 16 games ever. He had a ton of tread in his tires when he left Wisconsin. And I would anticipate his career being maybe two to three more seasons. And it's kick fucking rocks Melvin Gordon. It is what it is. That's how this game works. So, look, man, it's you got to have the clout to, to do this. His agent was quoting, well, Le'Veon Bell took this path. If we have to sit out the whole season, we will. Melvin Gordon is not Le'Veon Bell. It's not even close. So, uh, Melvin Gordon needs to go to camp and, and show that he can stay healthy if he wants to get his money, and then maybe he'll stay with the Chargers in L.A. I don't know. Uh, but the Raiders are going to be better, but I still think the Broncos are in such a key position in the West because of the spike question. Everybody thinks they're going to be terrible. I mean, the national perception is that Elway's going to be gone and the Broncos have had their turn and they, you know they're going to be in the depths for a while until they can figure out the quarterback situation. I think they figured it out. I think smoking Joe Flacco is going to be the guy. He's going to be here for four or five years. I think he's going to win some games. There's going to be more playoffs. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bronco fan and I played for him. It's because I really, truly believe it. 
I truly do. I, I love that John Elway went out and got the best available player at the position, which is a fact. There was nobody better on the open market this year that he could have gotten other than Joe. No rookie, nobody. He became available, and John went and scooped his ass up. And he puts him in a situation where Mike Munchak comes in, and this offensive line, I work with them all the time. We just got done grinding this morning. I'm telling you, they're hungry. They want to they want to go out there and road grade and kick the shit out of people, and they're going to have that opportunity. Phil Lindsay's going to go off. Royce Freeman's going to have a great year. Janovich is going to be unstoppable. I think they're going to be in a position to really turn some heads. The, the, the schedule is daunting, no doubt. But you know what? Schedule talk is tricky. Because a lot of the time, there's, a, there's major turnarounds in the NFL. And guys just mature and develop into really good football players. And the right formula with coach and quarterback and, and system, things just pop. And I think that Denver's on that precipice, to say the least. Um, so I, I guess we'll see what happens with all that, but I think the Broncos easily can be a 10 and six football team easily. All right. So on episode 40 of McChesney Unchained, I can't believe we're already at episode 40 on episode 40 of McChesney Unchained, uh, coming up next week, we're going to have comedian Ben Roy, uh, on the show with myself and we'll be yucking it up and having a good time and, and trying to keep ourselves out of as much trouble as we can force on others uh so make sure you stick around for episode 40 i am your host matt mcchesney thanks for listening to the show today folks we're out